Welcome to the Fitchburg Cultural Council's March 2023 meeting. It's 4.35 p.m. when we're calling the meeting to order today. This is a public meeting, so everything that's mentioned here is going to be recorded and kept for the future for people to watch and listen to. So we'd like to make sure that the public knows that. And also the public is always welcome to attend. This is a public meeting with the Fitchburg Cultural Council. We're part of the Massachusetts Cultural Council and we're the local body that's put in place by the mayor and this is a volunteer board. Um, today we're gonna start with new members as our first agenda item. And obviously we always welcome the community to be part of this organization. And the process is that they would meet with one of us and then eventually submit a letter to the mayor's office and the mayor is the one that makes the appointments. So we love when the public is interested in joining us. It's a three year term uh, to participate here and then you have an option of a second three years. So we have someone from the community with us today and we always invite the community to speak on any topic that's on our agenda and when they're here, we invite them to talk at the beginning as it relates to our agenda. So today we have a guest um, Ellen Doust. Welcome, Ellen. If you want to step up to the podium, we can have you say a few words. Everybody's got her resume. And Ellen, could you tell us a few things about yourself or any comments that you have? Yep. Um, I'm very excited to be here, and I wanted to thank FATV for filming this and making it available to the public. They're an amazing resource in Fitchburg. Um, so I, have, I was born and raised in Fitchburg, and I went through the Fitchburg Public Schools and uh, later attended grad school at Fitchburg State University. And I just moved back to Fitchburg about a year ago. Um, we bought a home, me, my husband, and uh, our two-year-old. And I have been very inspired and motivated to see the shifts and changes happening in the city, especially in terms of arts and culture with the murals, um, Main Street Studios that just went up and live, um, and in all the stuff that In Town Fitchburg is doing. And I recognize that that's work of many people over many years, and it's so cool to see the momentum, so I would love to be part of that. And I think I can contribute skills around videography and video editing and documentation, um, other media skills and promotion. So I'm excited to be here and thank you for considering me to be on the council. Um, would anybody like to ask Ellen any questions before she steps away? Audrey? Um, uh, I would just like to clarify that uh, Ellen and I have sat down and chat, so she has been given the 411 on being a member of the council. Um, uh, uh, Ellen, do you, I know that we already chatted about this, but to confirm, do you understand that uh, we meet every third Tuesday of the month, 4.30 to 5.30 p.m. at the legislative building? Are you available for that? Indeed, I do understand that. I've marked it off <laughs> in my calendar, um, except for April. That's the only day I can't make, but all the other third Tuesdays are reserved. That's okay. Is that um, monthly every April or just this coming April? Just this April. Yep. Fair enough. <laughs> Anybody else? Uh, uh, Taylor, I don't have any. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jill. I just, it's really a question for the, the council itself. So, um, Audrey, when you, when you have met, well, you can also answer this question, I suppose. Uh, all the, um, the items that are in our orientation or the interview process, those were covered? in terms of the yep. the grant meetings mm -hmm. uh, with the extra time and then the public input meetings and all the other time commitments. Cool, so um, great. So mm -hmm. I I don't really have any questions for you. Um, Ellen, you and I have met under different circumstances uh, s 
similar job, like job interview type of situation. And uh, so I know a lot about you and uh, I'm kind of excited to have you here tonight, so thanks. AJ? I just wanted to say that I had the pleasure of knowing the Douse family, and Ellen in particular, for my entire life, just about. And uh, they're a great Fitchburg family and great advocates for the city of Fitchburg. And I'm sure the mayor and this council will love to have Ellen as part of the council. Thank you, AJ. So maybe we could just take a motion for fun. Um, to um, Anybody else? I will make a motion to um, uh, recommend Ellen to the mayor. Um, to be appointed as a voting member of the Fitchburg Cultural Council. Clark, for your second turn. that. So we have a first motion from Audrey to endorse Eileen Ellen Doust to be a member of the Cultural Council. And we have a second from Shara. Anybody speaking to the motion? All in favor? Aye. Thank you so much, Ellen. Thank you. We hope we have you on board soon. All right, guys, the next thing, uh, we're going to skip the Treasury report today. We're going to move on to a grant report. Uh, Eileen wasn't able to be with us today, so Audrey has a few notes on grants. Um, yep. So since um, since Eileen will be stepping down from the council in June, I have taken over for the FY23 grantees um, and has been mostly overseeing that. Um, uh, um, application. Um, all of them begin with FCC-LCC- and then some numbers, but. Um, application 40745, Jekyll and Hyde by Stageworks, Inc. And application 31991, An Act of God by um, City on a Hill Arts. Those have um, submitted all of their paperwork, um, uh, including their grant, uh, their final report. Um, and then we have received I don't know how many. Um, should I list all of the applications that have sent their paperwork in? It's not important to specify each one. Mm. You can just generalize by numbers of apps if you like. I would say about half of our grantees have already responded um, with their um, grant agreement and their W-9 forms. Thank you very much. And we thank everybody in the community who received a grant. Um, if they could work with us to get their final paperwork in, that's really a big help to us as we go through this. And obviously, if you're in 2022, the last cycle, um, Eileen would still be the person to reach out to about that. Certainly, you could ask us questions. And she's with us through June. So thank you, Audrey, for stepping up to take care of this and help us with this. So we'll move on to the uh, past minutes. We just have one set of minutes to vote in. And that's the minutes from Tuesday, February 21st, which AJ presented for us today. Would anybody like to make any additions, edits? corrections or a motion. This is from Tuesday, February 21st. I'll move to approve the meeting, the minutes from February 21st. Thank you, Liz. Anybody want to second the motion? Second it. Thank you, Shara. Anybody speaking to the motion? All in favor? Aye. Thank you. Those minutes are approved. Thank you, AJ, for taking care of those. Then last, uh, nope, next thing is the questionnaire. So the idea here was to get the questionnaire out a little sooner than normal. And this is to inform our, um, our decisions for the grant cycle, our council priorities for the fall. 
So we wanted to get it to the community earlier than usual and have it completely ready for our June event uh, when we asked the community for their input. So this is a list of questions, multiple questions. I hope everybody had a chance to read it. If you think it's appropriate, we can go through them one by one. However, it's similar to last year's with some adjustments. Can I make a, you make a um, motion? Not a motion, but clarification. Sure. Um, so um, the, the formatting didn't quite come out how I wanted it to because I don't know, for some reason something changes when it goes from my computer to a different computer. So I will work on that um, to make sure that the survey questions are all on one page double-sided. Um, and those bullet points on question four should be check boxes, so I will change that as well. And then the, um, the last two pages should be one page double-sided and just check boxes of just a list of all of the, um, all of the programs that we funded um, for FY23 um, so that we don't need to receive those answers back. It, that is for um, whoever is filling out the survey, they can keep that and um, you know, note it in their calendar or uh, look into all the things that we're doing. Um, another thing I want to say is um, uh, um, I received some feedback um, that sometimes like when a question has too many, uh, when a question um, offers multiple choice rather than an um, open response, it can be kind of guiding the answer. So um, for the what type of arts, science, and humanities cultural programs, um, would your community benefit from? I created an open response for question three that's kind of similar, but at the same time, I also wanted to be mindful of how tricky it might be when we're trying to figure out, um, you know, uh, analyze the data and figure out, okay, is this person talking about uh, downtown revitalization efforts or are they talking about something else and how do you group it together? So. I kind of personally like having the, you know, the multiple choice or check marks um, just for reviewing data for a volunteer public input thing. Um, but yeah, I would like to get your people's thoughts on the survey. Thanks, Audrey. Shara? Do we have to actually make a motion before we can talk about this or? Can we just discuss we it to. now? Okay, so I, I would really encourage us to like ask in that question, rather than guiding, like rather than having multiple choice in question three, to be able to ask them to elaborate on what it is that they, that they think is important, what they wanna see, so that we can see what they're thinking. Because I, I do think having, Having choices is helpful and it gives people somewhere to go. Sometimes they're like, I don't know. Right. But being able to just say what's on their mind, it will give us a much clearer idea of where what people are thinking, especially if we ask them to elaborate so that maybe we will have more understanding of what it is. Do you have a suggestion what the wording for that question should be instead? I, I actually, I think the wording is fine, but you know, I would just say please elaborate. Just so the public knows what we're doing. It's number three. It's what kinds of arts, science, and humanities, cultural programs, 
parentheses, events, projects, trainings, et cetera, would be important to have and are missing from our community. So this used to be multiple choice? Um, so that's a new question. Number four is the original. Mm -hmm. And so, but at the same time, I didn't want to make people do, you know, answer the same question twice. I don't know. <laughs> I need help. So with question three, I feel like you're, you're really asking two different kinds of questions here. Yeah. What's important and what's missing. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel like there, there could be confusion in the answers there, how we interpret those answers if people are asking uh, or maybe write down what's important instead of what's missing or only write down what's missing and not what's important to them. Good point. Um, so either breaking that into two questions, um, maybe that's the solution is just breaking that into two questions. Or should we just choose which one to have the question ask? Joe? Um, I think selecting or just having the question and ask what's important is good because that would include anything that's missing. It wouldn't actually have to state that. Um, and then the, the question four kind of fills in the blank of other things that folks might find that are less important or equally as important. So then we say what kind of arts, science, humanities, events, projects, and training, et cetera, would be important to have in our community? Yeah, uh, and that way it's not su it's not suggesting anything like the multiple choice does in the next question, so it gives them the chance to think uh, um, based on their what's coming out of their own mind before we present them with what we've pulled out of our minds. Right, I, I agree with that. I think that's really valid. Does it feel too redundant for the question four, which is what types of arts, science, and humanities cultural programs would you, your family, and or community benefit from? Because we can change the wording too for any of these. I don't believe it's redundant, uh, simply because there's a sizable number of people in the public, and m myself at one time included, that didn't realize that all this other stuff is art and science and, and so forth. So where we can actually suggest these are programs that we know that we have funded and supported uh, and can be included in, in what we're looking for. Okay. And also you're asking them to prioritize like a value system because you're asking to select the top three. Yeah. So I think. Yes, and do you guys think that when we end up doing priorities that we'll select the top two from, from question number four and, and the top one from number three? I think we should do more than two. Well, I mean, I that that's, we, then that's it's a total a of three. Of mm -hmm. Right. I think that that's, that that's after we have the survey we can determine also based on what answers we get. Mm -hmm. Say what that means. Yeah, we don't, it's kind of hard to judge when we don't have choices in front of us. Yeah, that's fair. All right, anybody, Joe? I, I have more to say. I yeah, just yeah. Um, wanted to say thank you, Audrey, for put this together. Okay. Um, for, the, for question number one, is it possible, this is an online form too, so is it possible to have the name be optional? Name and what? Make the name optional. Because there, yeah, there are folks who are not comfortable giving their name. So it'd be great if that could be, be included. Yeah, Wait, name no, is no, really no, just no, so no. that we can, when we're filling in, putting in the data for the paper one that we're yeah. not accidentally putting in the sur same survey response twice. Oh, understood. But yeah, yeah. Uh, we can absolutely we, we, make that optional. We could insert placeholder names, like public number one, public number two, or something like that um, in place. 
Um, thank you for alphabetizing the choices on number four. I think that that's, that's fair, fair and appropriate. And I think, yeah, that was it. Um, yeah, I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> Liz. So question number two, um, are we, do we not want to get surveys from people who might be visiting but don't either live or work? Because we're, we're excluding anybody that doesn't live or work in Fitchburg. So, so um, visiting yeah. Visiting Fitchburg? So last year, I thought it was like really, I mean, I, I still think it's important to hear what um, people in, uh, especially like if they're like, well, I used to live in Fitchburg, but now I live in Lemonster. Like we want to draw them back to Fitchburg. So um, that's why I think it's uh, helpful. But um, the response that I was hearing from other uh, local cultural councils from Mass Cultural Council is that the survey is intended to be um, filled out by um, residents and Maybe, maybe even only residents, I'm not sure if workers are supposed to, but I mean, they're obviously, you know, uh, directly involved in the community if they work here. Okay. It's pretty localized, like even for us on the council, we should be pretty involved on some level with this town, even if we don't live here. Right. You have to have some connection. I think the money is for us, for this city, so. Right. I like the idea of opening it up, but then it also allowed for putting more stuff on one page. <laughs> Too broad. True. Anybody else? Any other comments? Do we want to move on to um, the back questions? I, on on question on five, I don't know. I feel like you have. I have a lot of things on there. Well, I'm just looking at what the people of color in general, but then you have black people and, and Haitian. Like, I don't know. The way you, you separated it feels like it, it, it feels may weird. be missing some things. Um, so the way how I was thinking was, um, so the most popular um, non-English spoken languages in Fitchburg, at least according to uh, the public schools, is um, Haitian Creole, uh, Spanish, of course, Portuguese, and Hmong. So um, that's why I wanted to highlight those. Um, in the past, um, we just had people of color um, but maybe, maybe people are like, well, there's a large Spanish community, there's a large Latino community, um, like we should have specific programming for Latinos. Um, but I also understand if that's a weird thing to do. Um, and the same thing with, um, uh, it used to be just families and children, but I'm like, well, okay, but what does that mean? Um, you know, uh, programs that are dem uh, the demographic is for toddlers versus teenagers is incredibly different. I actually I appreciate because you have ethnicity at the bottom with a, like a line so people yeah can so anyone can put something in there. Um, the only thing that I think that's missing missing is veterans. Good call. That is fair. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I think you've got a good. Widespread there. Does it seem themselves somewhere in there? Yeah. Does it seem overwhelming? It's like too many options. <laughs> I mean, if yeah. I was a person who spoke English as a second language, I think it would entirely be overwhelming. Um, we get it translated. Can we do it in Spanish too? Can we have a? We can mm -hmm. totally do that. So yeah. Otherwise, it's not that overwhelming. Once Being you start, that it's one page is good. Hmm. Go ahead. Once you start looking at it and actually see you've kind of broken it down into like three kind of columns of different types of demographics, right? You know, age, 
um, race and ethnicity, and then other sort of identifying uh, populations. It makes sense to me. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay. And they're all different language groups, mm -hmm. so that's good. Anybody else? Anything else? We have six, seven, and eight, and nine. By the way, do we have any extras so that we can, Ellen can see what we're talking about? I don't see any extras over here. Okay. I can give mine. You can take mine. <laughs> You're listening? <laughs> Anybody else? AJ? Um, so, uh, where it says last year our application guidelines required, um, and then question eight is, do you have any comments, suggestions, or feedback? It's, I mean, it could be that they are responding to um, feedback from our guidelines last year's, but it could also be feedback in general about our council. Um, what do you guys think? I, I guess with this one, mm -hmm. um, I'd feel like, are we willing to make changes if it comes back that they don't want a venue, com if people say overwhelmingly we don't want to have to submit a venue commitment letter, are we going to actually not require a venue commitment letter? I think that... Uh, so, yeah, yeah I, I think we, we, shouldn't, we shouldn't put anything on there that we aren't willing to change. I mean, I feel like the purpose of the survey is more of gathering the council priorities, and for council guidelines, we can receive feedback. Like, if people say, like, that's not the most equitable um, uh, requirement because of X, Y, Z, that's something that we can consider. Um, but if we still feel like, well, but how else are we going to prove that people are actually having their programs, we should still, you know, I think I would be okay if, like, you know, a lot of people said, well, I don't like this, and we're like, but how else are we going to uh, make sure that um, our, you know, our funding is going where it should be going? I think we have the right to um, uh, overrule that, I guess. Unless we Versus change the council priorities, I feel like we should definitely do exactly what is voted top. Unless we changed our payment structure, and then we wouldn't need a letter. Yeah, we could use marketing as a proof of that it happened, which is something we could always consider too. Right. It would change the structure of bookkeeping. It would also make it easier. Yeah. Which is a question for. That's how the Shirley Council does it. It's a little different. They require proof. Uh, so they're, have to they're doing it reimbursement. Yeah. yeah. So the, they require the marketing proof. And so then that becomes, you don't need a letter for a venue at all. Oh, I suppose that's true. So it's, it simplifies some things, but that's something for us to decide later. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's different if, you're, if we're doing it um, mm -hmm. ahead of time as opposed to reimbursement, mm -hmm. that we need to know if we're giving money that, that it actually is going to go where it's supposed to, because getting it back is not an easy thing. Yeah. And I mean, that it's actually going to happen. That's right. the, only, the, the letter is really the only way. Right. The risk of doing it reimbursement, which I know that use, that was the way that it was done, right? The risk of doing reimbursement is uh, somebody doesn't perform, and then um, we've committed money that just doesn't go anywhere, and we have to um, reappropriate it. So yeah. to speak into the mm -hmm. next. 
the um, uh, giving the payment at the end is the best way that we could keep them actually accountable because they have to prove to us and we have to we can send them things like hey well you still need to send us more things and they, they will do that because they haven't received their payment but it's the um, inequity of um, what if they can't uh, uh, submit, uh, they can't put in that money in advance. Right, a lot, of, the a lot of artists don't have the resources to actually put that money up front and then get it afterwards. And that's always been like the catch 22 for a lot mm -hmm. of people. Do we want to include a question about, about uh, direct grant versus, I mean, like, do we want to ask the public if they think? No, okay. it makes a lot, it, it's more for us. That's more office admin back office. Um, Obviously, anybody in the community would rather have it at the upfront. Yeah. Or, well, I mean, it, it relates to both us and also anyone that might be applying. Because if they're just like, that's just not feasible for me, I can't, I can't like apply then if um, I'm not getting the money in advance. Joe. So, I um, just want to point out that we had this debate last cycle and all agreed that paying the money upfront was the appropriate approach. Um, I think we can have the debate again, but we should put it on the agenda. That's fair. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's take a motion on the survey. I think we're at a good place. Are there any I'll, other thoughts? I'll make a motion that we um, accept the survey with the few edits that we've mentioned to question number one being optional, question number three and question number four being edited. Um, adding veterans to question number five and getting it all on a one page front and back so that the, the people filling it out can keep the information about the 23 grant cycle events. Which will also change the check marks. So, so we have an option from Shara to um, accept the public input survey as written with edits to number one, number three, number four, and number five, and simplifying it to one page. Anybody want to second the motion? Second. So we have a first motion from Shara and a second motion from AJ. Anybody else speaking to the motion? Joe? Could someone please provide the specifics of the changes being made to questions three and four? Um, questions three, change it to would be important to have in our community. Question four, change the check marks or check boxes. And uh, op uh, question one, name optional. Mm -hmm. um, question five, veterans, add that on there. I think those were all the changes. Right, and question number 10 would, would be back on on the and, of, yes. Yeah, on the same page. Thank you. I just wanted that on the record. Sure. Um, do we have suggestions for maybe two more things to add to demographics? Because adding veterans is going <laughs> to. <laughs> oh, to make it even? Or maybe I get rid of other, but I don't want to get rid of other because people should be able to fill it in. <laughs> or maybe I remove one of the ones that are already listed. Audrey, I think you could take the Hmong and Lao people and change that to Hmong slash Lao. Well, they that are would, different that people. Would free up a line. 
Yeah, it's so still one. They're check. different people. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but there's also, one checkbox on the survey. True. Oh, there's no checkbox next. Oh, I think it was like box. a wording wise that I. But if I if I change that, then that becomes one line, and then the the middle box is shorter, and then the uh, that the middle column was shorter. Could add students. We don't have college okay. students. That's missing. Uh, they're under um, 18 to 24 year olds. But that doesn't say students, but. Which, I mean, they may or may not be in college, but also I think when you uh, promote, uh, public, uh, when the demographic is college students, it's either the age range or it's actually promoted at that college. Just a, a point of order. It seems like we're going away from what was being motioned. Oh, sorry. Um, we, we may want to request that the motion be retracted or we proceed to a vote and let it, let it die. <laughs> I think we vote. I think that can be fixed on the, the sheet. I yeah. don't think we need to add any more to number five. So we already have a motion on the table from Shara to accept and from second from EJ. Anybody else want to speak to the motion? Liz? Um, can we just agree that Audrey can make formatting changes? <laughs> um, yes. And that we don't need to have that in the motion? No, okay. agreed. Yeah. Agreed. 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 All in favor? Aye. Aye. Okay, great. So this will be ready for June. And for everybody in the public, if you need a printed copy, let us know. We're happy to get you a printed copy and we'll have them at the public input meeting on June 1st. And when it is ready, you can get it at tinyurl.com slash FCCSurvey23. All right, the last thing for today is um, I need to adjust something here related to the Treasury. So as you guys remember, we voted that the Fitchburg Cultural Alliance would take over the Fitchburg Open Studios. We attempted to move the funds that were left from 2022 and give them to the Alliance. However, uh, Liz talked to Calvin and Calvin said that that wasn't possible. So what I need to ask the council to do, Liz, if you wanna speak on this really quick. Yeah, so we're just, the because this is a municipal grant, we just can't give funding to another entity. Um, but what we can do um, is sponsor the Fitchburg Open Studios. And so I would like to make a motion um, that we sponsor Fitchburg Open Studios for 2023 in the amount of $1,500, um, which is um, just roughly what we, a little bit less than what we took in um, for last year. How much was it? $1,500. So Liz made a motion to, um, for the Fitchburg Cultural Council to sponsor the Fitchburg Open Studios 2023, which would mean that our 1500 that's with us will be used for the Alliance's Open Studios. Um, so would anybody like to second the motion? I'll second that. Thank you, Shara. Uh, would anyone like to speak to the motion? Audrey? Um, uh, just for clarification for myself and also for um, anyone listening, uh, this is not uh, Mass Cultural Council money. This is money from um, previous year's um, uh, application money. This is Fitchburg Open Studio application funds from 2022. It's our locally raised funds locally from raised funds. previous Open Studios. From last year's Open Studio, yeah. Yep. Anybody else? All in favor? Aye. Aye. Thank you very much. So that means that the um, Cultural Alliance will request per invoice yeah. 
yes. from those funds. All right, that is it for today. Um, I will take an adjournment to close the meeting today. It is 5.08. Motion to adjourn. Second. Second. Oh, Motion from Liz to adjourn at 5.08. Audrey seconded. Oh. <laughs> Was it Audrey? Sure. A second from Audrey, all in favor? Aye. Aye. Thank you. Mm -hmm.